schadenfreude everybody must have screamed ah he's a sung hero a little pushy pushy are you back from listening to stairway to heaven twice now those are just words i looked up on the internet unreasonable doubt a podcast about west virginia university basketball starts now I really want this to be a Mr. Frown episode. It's too early in the season for Mr. Frown to show up, so I'm not going to do it. Hello. That was fun. From the studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Josh Witt. This is episode two, Pittsburgh. Are you sitting down? I'm going to hit you with a shocking statement. I was nervous going into this game. Why? It's Pitt. West Virginia's had success against Pitt in the last few games since both teams have left the Big East. What is there to worry about? West Virginia's beaten Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. And I started researching it, and I almost tweeted something about it on the Twitter, Adam Josh Witt, didn't do it. Glad I didn't do it. But I was looking at the Pitt games post-Big East and trying to figure out why have I not been nervous about these pit games? And I found the common thread. Before the West Virginia game, Pitt came into that game having already lost the game at home against a, let's call it, not Power 5 school. 2018, Pitt lost at home to Montana early in the season. 2019, Pitt lost at home to Niagara. The Niagara Falls? <laughs> 2020, Pitt lost at home to Nickel State, lost to uh, one D'Angelo Hunter, former Mountaineer. 2022, Pitt lost at home to the Citadel, the military school. So what I realized is that those home losses to not power schools, that was like my security blanket going into the game, filled with doubt all the time. Those losses brought me comfort. Did not have the security blanket this year. WVU was 1-0, Pitt was 1-0, lots of new guys, didn't know what to expect. And then two seconds into the game, Eric Stevenson, I don't know the exact amount of time, but Eric Stevenson took the tip, two dribbles, three. It was the, it seemed like one of the, one of the quickest 3-0 leads I've ever seen in a basketball game. Dude is super confident. And so that was my security blanket. I was like, that is a sign that things are going to go well tonight. And that is correct. WVU double-digit lead at halftime. They were shooting like 64%. Pitt cut it to nine and made the first basket of the second half, and they never got closer. Pitt scored 20 points in the second half, and WVU runs away with the backyard brawl, 81-81 to 56 and so anything, you know, I wanted Mr. Frown to show up. It's way too early in the season to break out Mr. Frown. If you don't want to don't know what I'm talking about, that's fine. Anything negative feels like nitpicking tonight. It really does. It's the second game of the season. Guys have only played a secret scrimmage, a public scrimmage and two games together. It's a pretty much a whole new team. And yet it's nitpicking. If you break down the flaws in tonight's game, two games plus a public exhibition, two games plus an exhibition with a technical foul. So we're three for three with technical fouls tonight. Emmett Matthews chirped at the pit bench, got a technical foul. That's not a great streak. 
when games are closer and against better competition, giving the other team two free throws, not a great strategy. Do I think Bob Huggins deep down is bummed by his team having a technical foul streak? I don't think so. I think on the record, he would say we're not about that. And off the record, he would say, I like the grit. I like the don't back down vibe of this team, right? But that's not great. 68% from the free throw line, not great. Huggins would not be impressed by that. Second straight game that Eric Stevenson had to sit with foul trouble, not great. And he had a great game tonight, but he, he spent a lot of time in the first half on the bench. As a lot of the guys who played basketball tonight that wanted to play more did not because so many fouls, because referees. Okongwo missed a couple of bunnies, and that's what we're used to, not specifically with James, but just WVU missing close shots. And now I've gotten to the nitpicking because, come on, (laughs) it's Okongwo's fifth college game. He might not even be 18 yet. He He came out, he's like three recruiting classes early. Five recruiting classes early. He he got recruited and committed when he was – I don't think he had his learner's permit. I'm, I'm going over the top there. But he's young. It's his fifth collegiate game. He had another block. His block streak continues. And he played solid minutes. Everything else I'm going to put for this game, given who WVU is playing, whether they're good or bad, just what's on the front of the jersey – Everything else about this game was deeply satisfying. (laughs) And uh, let me just go through some of the lists. Like, big picture, this team attacks the rim and this team dunks the ball. It's a very small thing. You know, dunking a basketball, it's, I would say, fairly commonplace in Division I basketball. You and I both know it's not a common thing recently with WVU, not a ton of dunks. And so, and lots of misses close to the rim. And so how do you limit the two foot misses? You dunk the basketball. And so you look on paper tonight, WVU only had four dunks, but that is like, that's an oasis of dunks for WVU. That is a a reservoir of dunks, right? How This is not on basketball reference. How many times last season did WVU dunk in a dunk four times in a game? Let's go by memory. I just can't think if it happened, it was very rare. And Eric Stevenson got a dunk, Woggy got a dunk, Emmett Matthews with the sneaky dunk. It's like, oh, that's gonna be oh, he dunked the ball. <laughs> you know? Oconquo with the late dunk. That we're getting dunks. And also Guys are being aggressive, driving to the rim. Stevenson driving to the rim. Keedy Johnson driving the ball. Trey Mitchell getting the ball near, near the foul line, taking a couple of dribbles, trying to get it close. And Toussaint was getting to the rim. He shot nine free throws. We're not talking at this stage of the podcast. I'm not going to talk about him shooting five threes and and settling for mid-range shots. He made one of those mid-range shots that bounced four or five times. This is positive vibes only. The big point is not settling for jump shots. Taking jump shots, not settling. 
And for a team, again, that's only played a few times together on the defensive side, and it's two games. The closeouts for threes and the rotations look solid based solely on effort. They're not batting 100%. There were a few straight-line drives for Pittsburgh where WVU guys are looking at each other like, what's going on? Where's the help? But in the on the perimeter rotations, it doesn't look bad yet. Pitt was five for twenty-three. They made they shot forty-one threes in their first game, chucked up twenty-three tonight, and made five of them. Three of those five made threes came in the first five minutes of the game, and all five made threes came in the first half. Okay, so some of that some of that five for twenty-three was Pitt taking bad shots. And not not in a – it wasn't about WBU closing out. They were playing good defense, and that may attribute to Pitt taking like a 30-footer, thinking that's offense. Uh, but credit also goes to WBU's closeouts and rotations. Now, those three of those five made threes, <laughs> the first three threes made for Pitt was made by an absolute basketball villain. <laughs> Shout out to Greg Elliott for being a true basketball villain. Like, who's the, who's the last guy for a WVU rival that you've really that's really stuck in your car? Like, I don't like that guy. Immediately, and we all know what. For I don't want to speak for everybody, but where it turned for me tonight with one Greg Elliott was after he made his third three and got fouled on the shot. His reaction, <laughs> we're talking five minutes into his second game of the season with Pitt, with Pitt up four, five minutes into the game. My man Greg Elliott was mean mugging everybody in that arena for a solid three straight minutes. I bet they went to the commercial, came back. I don't think he was mean mugging when he shot his free throw. But that whole time, I picture him with, you know, like the the shoulders out and just straight up stink face. I mean, Google, I'm showing my age here. Just go to your Google machine and type in Onyx, O-N-Y-X, slam. This is a rap group in my, in my younger years. They had an angry vibe. Greg Elliott... <laughs> <laughs> this guy, he reminded me of the rapper Sticky Fingers. He had Sticky Fingers energy. And he had Sticky Fingers energy, not for winning the game, not for making some clutch, clutch shots late. He had that energy for his team being up four points with 35 minutes to play in the game. It was so extra. <laughs> it made him a total villain. And it was ridiculous. And hindsight, hilarious, because he did not make another shot, another field goal in the game. NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started. So are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. 
Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. Listen, Javon Carter, when he starts in the NBA, that team wins this season. So maybe pick the Milwaukee Bucks to win, pick them to win by a large margin, have Javon Carter scoring more than four points, Boom. Same game parlay. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I bought a ton of Muhammad Wagi stock and man, it's not even like a, a rally. It's just this stock is going up and up. He didn't miss a field goal. He had smooth post-ups. He looked smooth on the perimeter. That play with Toussaint, you know how when, when I don't know if you watch soccer, but sometimes soccer is very, they call it the beautiful game. And it's really beautiful when they're like these passes really quick, back and forth, give and go. Wagi and Toussaint did the beautiful dance tonight on one play. Wagi gave the ball to Toussaint. Toussaint back to Wagi. Wagi finishes, got fouled. It's a it's it's basketball we haven't seen at WVU in a long time. People chirp about Huggins runs the same offense. The offense is stale. We've got he's running the same offense. He's that's not a play. That's guys playing basketball. And we just haven't seen guys play basketball like that possession. It's been a while, dude. It's been a dudette. It's been a while. Jimmy Bell on the scoreboard. The second made basket for WVU. One one or two dribbles, right hand hook shot, beautiful. Did not play a ton of minutes. But Jimmy Bell Jr., we know he's a project. He's got the confidence of the team because he's starting, and he's on the board. He has points as a Mountaineer. Shout out to Jimmy Bell. Emmett Matthews, he's getting to double digits, and you're like, how did he do it? That's a second straight game. Like, oh, Emmett Matthews had 10 points. Huh. I, you could tell. You could have told me. We know he didn't score zero because of that awesome dunk in the first half. But to say he scored 10 points is like, I I don't know. I remember the dunk. He made a three late. That's five. And he made five more somewhere along the way. I I love that role for Emmett Matthews. Kedrian Johnson, Joe Toussaint, they played a lot. And they played a lot together. You know, Huggins is talking about he's hesitant of wanting those guys playing together, not – not having one get in foul trouble. But the turnovers were down in this game. I'm sure it has something to do with having two point guards out on the court. Combined nine assists between those two guys, only three turnovers. Those two guys, a shooter, Trey Mitchell, and a big, that's it. I like that lineup. And I think Huggins likes that lineup when he's wanting to hold on to the ball. So that's interesting. Seth Wilson, 
He had three points. It was a big three-pointer with WVU up 12. I told you it didn't get lower than nine, but up 12, Pitts made a couple of shots, and Seth Wilson steps into an open three-pointer and makes it. I love it. He He's in the rotation, Seth Wilson, and he's doing things. I, I regret saying, specifically for Seth Wilson, same Seth Wilson as last year. I feel like there's some improvement there. And then Eric Stevenson, I told you he was in foul trouble. He did not have a great first game. And I feel like that's a dude that it's not the most even guy. But if he has a bad performance, you feel like, again, two games in, this guy's due to have a good game. And he immediately came out gunning. And he said after the game, he has a connection to Veterans Day, whatever, whatever works. He was he was very solid when he was on the court. Had a back down uh, fadeaway jump shot that, that just looked smooth. Eric Stevenson, I want that confidence in my life, and I'll never have it. When Pitt went zone, you know, as an opposing coach playing WVU, you look on paper, these guys can't shoot. Let's throw the zone at him. Was it the best zone I've ever seen? It was not. But when they went to zone, guess what WVU did? Typically, and recently, WVU, when when somebody would hit him with the zone, they try to shoot over the zone. And they had Sean McNeil and Taz Sherman, and I guess they thought that, that those were pretty good odds, and Jalen Bridges. That's good odds, right? Let's shoot over the zone. This team... A couple of times they tried to shoot over zone, but also when the guy flashed in the middle, turnaround, floater, went in confidently. Confident floaters when when they when Pitt threw a zone at him. Love that. It's just it's just smart basketball and confident basketball. And listen, I had to look. When's the last time WVU won a true road game by 25 points? And they smoked UCF close to Orlando in Javon Carter's senior year, but that was part of a tournament. So that doesn't count. You got to go back to 2015, late December, 2015 at Virginia tech is the last time WVU has won a true road game by 25 points. Year two of press Virginia. It's just two games and I'm, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh, but I'm not sorry. WVU's two wins are against Mount St. Mary's and it's against Pittsburgh. And I hate to do that to you, Pittsburgh. And I also do not hate to do that to you, Pittsburgh. I'm just, we both know that's the truth. Hey, I've won, I won a game against Pittsburgh. Nobody's running up to you with the, with a trophy. And I'm sorry, Pittsburgh, that that's a harsh reality and I'm not coming from a place of confidence because WVU's last five years has not been stellar, but it's not been Pittsburgh's last five years. And we both can agree on that. Uh, so I'm really hesitating. You know, there's a lot of factors feeling uh, that could fuel someone to overreact to a 2-0 and start for basketball, right? But let me give you a comparison point because just – one small thing that I'm seeing as a what happened last year versus what happened this year, it might not make sense to you. It 100% makes sense to me. 
and it's in a free throw routine. One of the transfers that came in to WVU last year, you remember him, Malik Curry. The guy wanted to get buckets. The guy liked to drive with his left hand. When he got to the foul line, of which he got a ton of of chances at the foul line because he wanted to shoot the ball and he was aggressive, what was his free throw routine? Do you remember? I talked about it on this podcast. Multiple dribbles. Early on in the season, he was going behind the back and then trying to like move the ball in his hand. It didn't, but there was a lot going on with this free throw routine. And this is just about the routine. I mean, Malik Curry made free throws last year. So it's not an indictment of because he did that, he didn't make free throws. I'm just saying the routine had a lot going on, right? Behind the back, it's a little showy when you're going behind the back in your free throw routine. It's not Carl Malone talking to the ball, but it's it's something, right? Joe Toussaint transfers at WVU. What's his free throw routine? His free throw routine is one dribble, shoot the ball. I'm not, I don't have to think about it. I'm super confident in my game. I dribble it once and then I put it up. And that is a difference that I see in a positive way for this team versus last year's team, right? And it, and when you think about it like that, then you look at other things. You look at Stevenson immediately shooting a confident three off the jump ball at the beginning of the game. You see how they approach the zone a few times where they were patient around uh, the perimeter, got it, got it to the guy flashing in the middle, and he, and he shot it confidently. And not to say, you know, I'm not saying that Taz Sherman is not a confident guy and that and guys who were on the team last year were not confident guys. What they can be confident, they also had two seven game losing streaks. And the things I'm seeing in two games are things that I didn't see at any point last season. Two games in, eight games in, they started great last year, but you know that start was filled with hey, we built a lead, hey, we can't keep a lead, hey, we struggled against Eastern Kentucky. And I, that this WVU team this season were two games in, so they could struggle against lesser competition. But it's things that I'm looking at, how to compare this year's team to last year's teams and why one would get super excited about the prospects of this team. This episode of Unreasonable Doubt is sponsored by a new sponsor, Freeman Sports Cards and Collectibles. Go to your attic. Look in a shoebox. In my experience, if you open a shoebox in an attic, there's going to be sports cards. There could be wrestling figures, action figures, comic books. All those things end up in old shoeboxes. So... Look in your attic, look in your storage unit, go through, find the comic books, find the sports cards, and call Freeman Sports Cards and Collectibles. They're always looking to buy this stuff, and you, I bet you'd be surprised on what you could get for what you have in that shoebox. Call them at 304-416-3631, December 2nd through the 4th, Freeman Sports Cards and Collectibles. They're having a sports card show at the Morgantown Mall. Definitely 
Call 304-416-3631 and get a hold of Freeman Sports Cards and Collectibles. You know what? With things going so well, WVU 2-0, feeling good. I mean, they could. that's the best they can do. In two games, they've won both of them. On this high, let's let's think about the guys who are not with the team anymore but are still playing college basketball. You know, it's nice. There's no animosity there with guys entering the transfer portal, right? You know, let's check in and see how they're doing. I'm sure they'd wish WVU well in their future endeavors. What are they doing in their future endeavors? What's going on with Taj Thweet? Remember our friend Taj Thweet? Last I remember... He was going down to Myrtle Beach playing for Coastal Carolina. Did a little research. That didn't last very long. My man Tosh Thweet went double transfer portal. You know, it's it's just something that you can do now. Like double. And then again, you know. And now Tosh Thweet, a Temple Owl. And Temple, I look tonight, they upset Villanova. So that's awesome for Temple. I didn't see Tosh Thweet. In the box score, but I'm sure he's he's practicing, contributing to the team. I'm sure somebody said tonight, you know, we we've been practicing really well. And while they didn't mention Tosh Thweet by name, if he's practicing with them, he gets the credit. You know, it's just great to hear that Tosh Thweet is playing college basketball somewhere. You know, good for him. Good for Taj. What about Isaiah Cottrell? That great hair. Isaiah Cottrell, I know he went west. He went back close to home, playing for UNLV, did some research, did not start or dress for the opener, UNLV against Southern. So not great to hear that, but I'm sure he's going to dress soon. And if you dress and you're Isaiah Cottrell, you're probably going to play in the basketball game. You know, I'm just rooting for that guy. You know, it's just nice to know that when I Googled what he's doing while he can't play, it's good to see that he was mentioned that they played without him. You know, credit to Isaiah Cottrell. You know, it's good to check in. Good for him. Isaiah, good for him. What about our guy, Senny Njai? Our friend, Senny? I like that guy. He found a new home. He went to South Carolina upstate. I don't know what the mascot is. I'm guessing upstate means no, northern South Carolina. That's probably where you're stuck. If you're if you're a directional state, it's hard to say. <laughs> it's hard to say. <laughs> it's hard to say northern South Carolina University. And maybe that is a place, right? But he's at South Carolina upstate. I looked Great news, Sydney got to play in both of the games. He's coming off the bench. Duke played South Carolina Upstate today, tonight, and Sydney got to play. So Sydney got to play the Blue Devils at Cameron Indoor. He didn't make a field goal, but he did make a free throw. So you know what? Good for him. That's a story he can share with his kids, with his grandkids. If he decides to do that, you know, sit him on his knee and say, this one time I made a shot at Cameron Indoor Stadium against the Duke Blue Devils. Not a lot of people can say that. Good for that guy. Who else is gone that was on the team last year? Oh, our buddy Sean McNeil. Sean McNeil went closer to home. Did you hear? 
he's he went to the Ohio State Buckeyes and great news. Sean McNeil is starting for the Ohio State Buckeyes. You know, that's great to hear. I mean, he was a starter at WVU. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a starter somewhere else, but it's great to hear he landed on his feet starting for a Big Ten school, starting it in his home state. And he had – they played tonight. Ohio State played Charleston Southern. Uh, I'm sorry, last night. And he had 13.6 rebounds. That's great. Oh, that's great to hear, Sean. Good for that guy. I'm happy for Sean McNeil. Good for him. Is there anybody else to check in with? Oh, yeah. Our buddy, our our native West Virginian friend, Jalen Bridges. And you know what? Time, time flies. As I'm getting older, time flies. And Jalen Bridges will be back in Morgantown before you know it in a different uniform. But he was a starter for WVU. He's landed on his feet in Texas playing for the Baylor Bears. And he started both games for Baylor. And tonight I looked at the box score. Great news. Doing doing well. And, of course, we knew he was going to do well. Jalen Bridges, Fairmont's Jalen Bridges, just great. Just That's just great for him. Baylor's 2-0. WVU's 2-0, Ohio State's 2-0. Those other teams, you know, they're they they're playing basketball. It's just great news all around. This transfer portal stuff, it can be a win-win-win. Win. It could be a quad win. Win for the player, win for the other school, win for the new school, and a win for college basketball. A rare quad win decision. The transfer portal. Now, Oh, I forgot. Jalen Bridges, he scored 20 points in 22 minutes for Baylor. Isn't that, isn't that fantastic? Just good. You know, with West Virginia in a good spot early in the season, it's good to check in and see how the other guys are doing and that for the most part, and I would just say across the board, everybody's accounted for. And that, isn't that great? The next game for WVU is Tuesday, back home, 7 p.m., ESPN+. Plus. In the Coliseum, WVU is going to play the Moorhead State Eagles. Now, WVU's played Moorhead State recently in the NCAA tournament two seasons ago. And that was an NCAA tournament team. It had one Johnny Broom, who, especially early on against Derek Culver, was holding his own. Solid basketball player. Uh, that guy transferred portal. Not a quad win. Probably Moorhead State would argue not a quad win for them. Uh, that it was not a win for Moorhead State. Uh, and Moorhead State, they've got another game between now and their game in Morgantown, but currently they're one and one. They got throttled by Indiana, and they throttled something called Campbellsville Harrodsburg. Ken Pomeroy's computer does not look extremely favorable upon Moorhead State in Division One basketball. So this should be a win for the Mountaineers. Maybe our first Patrick Sumnick sighting. Maybe we'll get some Josiahs, maybe multiple Josiahs on Tuesday. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but definitely more minutes for one Josiah on Tuesday. Maybe a Jamel King sighting. Who's to say? Will there be a backyard brawl letdown? We'll find out on Tuesday. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Pick whichever one you want. However you're listening now, do that one. 
If there's stars on the app and there's five stars, hit the five star button. That helps this podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt, WVU for the 2022-2023 season. Two wins, zero losses.